1: Gather at the cauldron, a pot for cooking stuff in deep in the dark woods. One witch is missing. Is he being hunted? Wahoo has him, we may never know. The only way we have to find him is to jump on our satellite and fly,
2: fly around the. Wait earth. wait 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 wait, wait wait, wait. Jump on our satellite, yep. like jump from the earth to space. To a thing that is, uh, I, I want to mention, n- not cylindrical. Okay, well... Not a Like, I know your thing that you're doing, you're like, cylindrical things, but, like, a satellite is, like, a bulky, bulk of bulky stuff.
1: No, this I have the satellite here, so we're just, like... I don't know how they get up, and then when we get up, they just sure. go, they just re- rotate. No one... They're free.
2: Uh, I mean, uh, that's accurate. 100% accurate, but... Plus, also, we'll get, like, like
1: s- sweet, premium cable while we're up there. Streaming services. Is that is that what satellite? I think you're thinking of satellite dish. Uh, dish network. I mean, I mean, to be honest, I'm more of a luddite. Not super into tech.
2: <laughs> oh well, then why don't you know about a freaking broom? Anyway, I'm going to. You're listening that. to the chill. <laughs> you're listening to the chilling podcast of Sabrina. We're going to be talking about Chapter Seventeen, The Missionaries, uh, which is very exciting. This was a dark as fuck episode of the show. Nice. Um. yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. But before we get into it, I, I did want to mention um, a not exactly an Easter egg, but a fun thing that we missed a couple of episodes back in the Dr. Cerebus's Cerebuses, Cerebus, I believe. Yeah. Uh, House of Horror episode. Uh, there was an actor that we missed uh, in the section with Harvey where he goes to art school and he has a roommate and his roommate is kind of like. Going insane in a Lovecraftian style yeah. uh, The actor is The appropriate named uh, Nikolai Witchel, And he is the actor who plays Dr. Curdle Jr. on Riverdale Oh man Right? That dude's gonna That's work for cool. the rest of his life Well, so let me throw something out of you I don't think this is actually accurate at all But I just wanted to get your take on it So on Sabrina, even though it's kind of a dream sequence So it's whatever uh, His character is only called Howard And on Riverdale, he's only called Dr. Curdle Jr. Hmm. So do you think his full name is Dr. Howard Curdle Jr.? Uh, I mean, yeah, let's just
1: say yeah It doesn't make a lot of sense that uh, this uh, mortician that never left Riverdale would go to art school briefly and also die, but I'm down with that. I I want as many connections as possible between Riverdale and Sabrina.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, like this and like the thing with Ben Button that was driving everybody insane in the first part because it didn't line up at all with him dying over on Riverdale, the more stuff like that that Doesn't make sense Almost makes it a little more fun to me Yeah, exactly Yeah, I don't want it to be neat I want it to be like a messy A series of messy connections Yes, absolutely Uh, So bring over Archie Kill him Bring him back the next episode Kill him again Keep doing it Every single episode Uh, All We're all in Truly anything can happen on these shows
1: As evidenced by this episode um, That really caught me off guard this episode
2: Yeah, no, it's Well, we should do the recap, but last episode we were talking about was it felt like the second to last episode before the season finale. This episode also felt like maybe the second to last episode before the series finale. Yeah, exactly. This could have been a season finale. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But to get you up to speed to this point, Sabrina Spellman is trying to balance her life between her witch world and her human world. She has supposedly fully embraced the Dark Lord by signing his book, um, but isn't quite there yet. Along the way, she's met a bunch of different folks at the Academy of the Unseen Arts. She has the Weird Sisters, Prudence. Uh, Who is the leader of the Weird Sisters Agatha and the breakout star of the season Dorcas Now it's interesting uh, your love of Dorcas is now putting Agatha on the outs So why won't you stand for
1: Agatha? Am
2: I an Agatha denier? You are Dorcas
1: uh, Dorcas rising means Agatha falls And that's fucked up jeez hey, listen, women lift each other up together, dude. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know how that relates here since they're all so mean to
2: each other. (laughs) Uh, So there's the weird sisters. Uh, Prudence's father is Father Blackwood, the leader of the Church of Night that also runs the Academy of the Unseen Arts. He got married to Sabrina's Aunt Zelda and in the process basically installed a... I don't know. Is there some sort of portmanteau we could do for misogynist fascism uh, or something like that? Oh, interesting. interesting. Um, yeah, there's a lot of them uh, currently going around
1: in our America right now. So we could just choose <laughs> oh, one of those.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, cool. A, yeah, what's a fun, uh, creative name
1: for them? Um, the GOP?
2: <laughs> ooh, Zing. political, but also very accurate. Uh, so they... He installed this fascist, misogynist regime over the Church of Night. He pushed out at Zelda. They are currently on their honeymoon to the upside down church below the Vatican where they're going to bury the anti pope. Beautiful honeymoon Very destination. Remote. You know, I uh, almost went there on my honeymoon. Couldn't get in. Yeah. Couldn't get in. Where, where'd you go instead? Uh, we
1: went to the upside down church um, in Tuscany. Uh, it's, really, <laughs> oh, it's like, I hear that's nice. Eat,
2: pray, love, but for Satan. It was really mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, So they're off this episode. They're gone. We don't see them at all. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Aunt Hilda is back at the house taking care of Sabrina for the most part. Um, She is dating Dr. Cerebus, who we mentioned earlier, uh, played by Gaeta from Battlestar Galactica. That's his literal legal name. (laughs) And he is, uh, as it turns out, my favorite band, Incubus. Very exciting there. Uh, He hasn't played any of the songs yet, but I'm hopeful next episode
1: you just, we'll talk about it. you got to take the bracelet off his uh, strumming hand and then he gets right into it. Yeah, I guess uh, he plays all of their hit songs. Yep. And it just, once so, again, uh, um, I, go ahead and list them. We'll take a break in the podcast while you list these.
2: No, no, no. It's fine. I, we really should just keep going oh. with the recap. I don't want to bore everybody by listing every incubus. Yeah, song. everyone
1: already knows them, just like you know them.
2: Mm-hmm. We all know them together. Uh, So she's dating uh, Gaeta. Meanwhile, uh, the human friends that Sabrina have, uh, there's Harvey, her ex-boyfriend, who is now dating Roz. Roz recently went blind. It's a a curse by witches that was put on her family. They go blind but gain a second sight called The Cunning. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, there's also uh, Theo. Theo has a ghost friend. We don't really see much of the ghost friend this episode, so that's not—or ghost relative, I guess. So that's not quite important. Um. What else? Oh yeah, there's Nick Scratch.
1: Oh, Nick Scratch is a yeah.
2: bad. Don't forget about the bad boy. I definitely won't. They he is all in with Sabrina, being super bad, doing bad boy stuff all over the place. Never not
1: a and, good boy thing. Only bad boy. Yeah, and he got kicked out oh. of school uh, with Sabrina.
2: Yes. So they confronted Father Blackwood the last episode. Uh, They had a very dumb glamour that they put on that everybody saw through pretty much immediately. They both got kicked out of school Uh, as we pick up, which we'll get to in a moment with Nick Scratch. He's drowning his sorrows at Dorian Gray's club. And this is Dorian Gray from the portrait of Dorian Gray story. He now runs a club in Greendale, as one does. Uh and nobody cares about underage drinking, I guess. No, right? Not in
1: Greendale, yeah. Riverdale, or the dale that I live in. Ooh, Americadale.
2: What about Miss Wardwell? Else? Did you talk about Miss Wardwell? Oh right, I don't know why I always forget her at the end of this recap. Exactly. You need to because get it there's together. so much stuff going on with her. So Miss Wardwell is also the bride of the Dark Lord. She is the mother of monsters. She is Lilith, the first woman, uh, and she is kind of accidentally dating a guy named Adam, played by Wesley from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and uh, he's very nice. Uh, that's yeah. that's basically it Like He's a super nice guy, he travels the world He works for Physicians Without Rules yeah. What is that? <laughs> that's <what> it is <laughs> <laughs> No rules, just doctrine <laughs> Physicians uh, Without uh,
1: Destinations Physicians Lost uh, in the it's America It's not
2: Doctors Without Borders no. Which is what's messing me up It's one of those very Riverdale, Greendale things yeah. Where it's like, uh eh, the thing, but it's not quite the yeah. thing um, But he's... Uh, was on fiancé to the actual Miss Wardwell, who Lilith killed and inhabited her body, but she seems to be warming to him as time goes on. Oh, yeah. uh, we suspected that he had some sort of agenda the last episode. Boy, were we wrong about that. His agenda is to die. Yes, exactly. So uh, we'll get into more stuff. Uh, should we jump into it now? You want to walk us through it? Let's do
1: it. Um so we start the episode with a witch being tortured by a witch hunter
2: and uh just and What's that? And this is Luke. This is Luke. This is another thing that we were wrong about with our speculation. Yeah. I thought there's no way that Luke's dead. His, he died off screen. So he's going to come back. He's going to save Ambrose. Nope. In fact, he's actually going to be hung upside down by some witch hunters, tortured horribly, and have his hands cut off. So I think that's officially it for Luke. Yeah. That's that's a series wrap on that's, Luke. That's so nice
1: um, for you to really wrap him out crew style. Um Yeah. Yeah, uh, great. That's a little inside production uh, moment there for
2: you. Um, Can I ask you a question? Do you think uh, the cutting off the hands is a Star Wars reference because they cut off Luke's hand? uh, Definitely, yeah. And
1: that's why I feel like he might come back um, as a full Jedi uh, with two robot hands. Ooh. Oh, do you think he's studying with like a small green dude? Yeah, and he'll be um, like physicians without uh, height. Uh, he'll be,
2: he'll be something in that world. Yeah, it's it's always important to mention how tall your doctor is. Oh, yeah, exactly.
1: Tiny doctors, hard to trust them. Hard, to, can't yeah. see the top of stuff.
2: So uh, we meet this guy. He's uh, from uh, an organization called the Innocents. Is that what yes. it was? The Order of the Innocent. Yeah, the the Order of the Innocents. Uh, he's super creepy. Yeah, this guy. Uh, This all happened weeks ago, and then we cut to today, when everybody is dealing with the fallout of the previous episode.
1: That's interesting, because uh, if now that we see that Lucas died there, then Father Father Blackwood knew what killed Lucas. Then he knew these witch hunters were uh, sort of coming.
2: Yes. Yeah, that's a weird detail that isn't necessarily dealt with in this episode. And I, I don't think... There's a world where Father Blackwood was working with angels necessarily Yeah Spoiler for what happens later in the episode But at the same time Maybe he did I mean maybe they just got his body right Sent back and they're not quite sure what happened But Father Blackwood does not seem to care about it
1: That's what I'm saying Like he's just such a bad leader And doesn't care about anyone or anything And he wasn't even in this episode yet His behavior was on display as a total douche yeah, kind of like the GOP. Uh, nice, good. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. It's a, yeah, it's a callback. Real political uh, show today. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what, what I also loved about the way this episode was structured is we get this little sort of cold open, and then it's like forget about it, and they move on back into normal, sort of the normal action, um, which was a great way for uh, to surprise us later on when shit went crazy.
2: Yeah, in the second half of the episode. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I, I like that too. I like the slow build there. It gets bloodier and more horror filled as this goes on. It's definitely, somebody was asking me about this season, I think on Tumblr or something like that. And they were saying, hey, you know, I'm very squeamish about blood. I'm very squeamish about gore. Can I watch the second part? And I felt like, you know, there's spotty things here and there, but as soon as you hit, this episode The answer is eh, Probably not yeah. It definitely Has ramped up Significantly As of last episode And then this episode In terms of Everything that's going down uh, And it really Starting to feel like Everything that they Set up in the first Half of the season Is really starting To come together Nicely towards the end Of yeah. the year Which is very cool Yeah it's great um, So we see
1: uh, Sabrina's trying to Get into her school um, The academy And she burns Her hand on the
2: door Prudence is like You're not welcome here. Get out of here. Uh, I like that conversation a lot. Yeah. Because Sabrina, as we've talked about, always barrels straight through everything. She always trusts that, oh, you know, I know what I'm doing is right. and But what I'm doing is also for everybody. And I liked Prudence calling her out on that, saying, we were never friends. You only did things to get what you needed and what you wanted out of me. And that's it. And I've been missing that. One of the things that I liked about this episode is the refocus on Prudence and Prudence's wants. Because by necessity, because she wanted the Blackwood name, she was taking a step back. She was calming herself down a little bit and uh, essentially kneeling, kissing the ring of Father Blackwood. But now that he's left, he's put her in charge of the Academy of the Unseen Arts. He's given her the Blackwood name. She's back to being... The prudence that we know and love, which is great. Yeah, little cocky. I think that's uh, that's a big part of the episode too. And it's great after sixteen
1: chapters focused on Dorcas. It's great to see Prudence be the weird sister. We can mm-hmm, finally mm-hmm. see.
2: Yeah, I, I think we'll get back to Dorcas next episode. And Dorcas, of course, has some amazing moments this episode. We can all agree on that. Yes,
1: she had like two to three lines, um, <laughs> and so that was really good.
2: Outpacing Agatha. Um, yes, and once again, as mostly a, silent. Justice for Agatha. Well, I'm just saying, uh, Dorcas said those lines, and I immediately thought of Agatha, and it's just, uh, all all ships get lifted. That's the expression, right? Yeah, sort of. Uh, A rising tide lifts all boats, and witches, which is sort of fucked up because of the water stuff. Yeah, let's not get into that. Uh, But we do get to see Quentin, the little ghost boy who hasn't showed up since the first part of the season. Uh, He explains that Ambrose—oh, we forgot to mention Ambrose entirely. So Ambrose tried to kill Father Blackwood because he was framed for the anti-pope's murder. uh, And he's been thrown in the witch's cell and is being tortured by the Weird Sisters, which is what Quentin tells Sabrina. Sabrina, of course, freaks out and uh, decides—tells Aunt Hilda— we need to appeal to uh, whatever power he possibly can to get Ambrose out of here, yeah, uh, and free him. Which you know is not going to work. No, like of course it's not going to work. But
1: I, um, I do like Hilda and Sabrina. Now that Zelda's away, this episode, seeing Hilda and Sabrina just like working together and figuring stuff out is I like that that a lot in this episode.
2: I feel like this part. The second part of the series is Anne Hilda's time. Mm. Like, she was great. Lucy Davis is amazing and funny, and her delivery on everything is so spot on. But we've seen slowly over the course of these episodes her standing up more. She had. That speech with Shirley Jackson over the almond cookies, um, the stuff that she does in this episode where she's calling everybody out, she is going to bat. Yeah. And I, I love she's it. She's making out with Gaeta. She's doing It's yes. her time. Yes. I mean, we all wanted that. That was when you were watching Battlestar Galactica. Who was the number one character you wanted to make out with? Um, yeah, Gator. Uh, definitely, definitely, and I was like, you know, yes. would be a great couple—the
1: uh, woman from the British Office and this guy from uh, Battlestar Galactica—and boom, <laughs> it happened. Man, you're fanfic coming to life. <laughs> it's crazy, and I would tell you it was a hard, it was a long shot, but it worked out. It worked out just as yep. I had written it.
2: Oh, that's good. That's good. The uh, band Incubus so starts they end playing. Up... Uh, that's my favorite. <laughs> which song? Sorry, which song? Oh, the, incubus, the song? incubus song. The, it's their
1: titular yeah. song, Incubus.
2: Oh yeah, we're Incubus. We're Incubus. Yeah. Come on, get on our bus. That that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, they a lot yeah. of they sing no, a lot about no, buses. Yeah, nobody write us and let us know if that's accurate. Uh, so Sabrina and and Hilda go in front of this council which is the same castle we saw back in the trial of Sabrina Spellman, I believe. Uh, And the way this scene is filmed, I thought was so funny. Like they're on this child stage and the way that it's lit, it looks like a children's theater production with the most terrifying dwarves possible or something like that. Um, But they basically say, no, no way. We're not going to do anything about this. He definitely killed it. Uh, You guys suck. Yeah. It
1: was a fast scene that was just like, oh, I guess we have to do something else. Yeah. Uh, so they uh, they plot a couple things, and then Hilda's like, you know what? I'm going to go up and try to get Ambrose out. You go back to school. You know the school you go to where the curriculum doesn't matter, and you show up whenever you want.
2: <laughs> I Is she learning anything from the school, or are they just hanging out in that gorgeous library all She day? learns a little bit about friendship this episode,
1: but otherwise, no. I don't think... Well, they actually, this is the one of the episodes where they are, uh, the other students, Raz, in particular, they are learning. She's listening to tapes because she can't see. So, like, there is some education going on here.
2: Right. But it doesn't seem to be important, at least in Sabrina's case. She also refuses to learn anything at the Academy of Unseen Arts. Yeah. Like, just whenever anything happens with Sabrina, her answer is, no, I'm going to do this other thing. Yeah. Consistently across the Yeah, board. I worry about her algebra. I don't think she's focused mm-hmm. on math, and that's,
1: uh, that's integral going forward. I just feel like there's going to be a big problem when she starts applying to witch colleges. Yeah, you know? exactly. You know, if she wants to go to a, a uh, witch Ivy League, uh, she's going to have to really have a good uh, essay, and the essay can't be like, I'm a witch. It has to be more than that. Yeah, at this pace, she's probably going to, at best, get into, like, witch brown Yeah, ugh, disgusting Unless her witch Aunt Becky uh, witch bribes her way into witch college
2: And to get on the witch rowing team oh man Oh man, this is a very, the the current, the news being dropped in this episode (laughs) Topicality is king What what is this? A Chilling Adventures of Sabrina podcast or Weekend Update on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> oh, cool. Another great great topical reference. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do you want to follow the human stuff or do you want to follow the witch stuff? Actually, let's do a
1: quick Wardwell sidebar. Uh we oh, can sure. talk about her story cuz it's totally independent from everything else. Um so Miss Wardwell has been having this sort of like sweet romance with this dude Adam who is goofy yeah. and we are suspicious of him they go on a nice walk in, in a green on a green bridge and he's like adam's like yo i'm going to tibet with my doctor my unnamed doctor organization would you join me and she's it was really cool how they've played this in this whole relationship where they really like that she actually does love him i think
2: i i was surprised about yeah. that I think this is jumping ahead when she says you've taken away the one thing that I loved. I I I didn't get that necessarily from the relationship. I got that she saw another way from being with the dark Lord. She saw that maybe she could be happy and not have to bow down to the person that she loved, not have to constantly, that somebody could give things to her rather than her constantly needing things from them and never getting them back. But I I guess uh, I could be convinced that she sees that as love, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, I'm saying, but I I don't know. I wasn't convinced necessarily that she was in love with Adam, but she was probably in love with the idea (laughs) that she could have something. Okay, cool. She's in love with the idea of him. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, that's what I mean. That's, that happens. That's, fine. that's, that's a that's, relationship Yeah, thing. That's what, it's pretty close to love. It, like It's like lower... It's love adjacent. Lowercase L love.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what she should have specified. You've taken away the lowercase L thing that I love. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would have been a much better Yeah, line. just
1: keep, keep the stakes right where you want them. <laughs> so, uh, so she's uh, contemplating going to Tibet. They're sitting down for dinner later in the episode. And he's like, so what do you think about Tibet? And she's like... She coughs up a ring, doesn't seem too concerned by that, and then says, yes, I'll go. And then turns out the dark, it's been the Dark
2: Lord having dinner with her this whole time. Uh, I'll, I'll mention it was pretty clear, and I love the way they worked in this line, when she says, mm, this roast is delicious, and he says, I did offer you deliciousness once upon a time.
1: Yeah. I was like, sums so, up with this, dude.
2: Right. Uh, Well, because they're constantly talking about the devil's delicious treats, particularly in the first part of the series. Uh, Yeah, another instance of cannibalism on the show. They totally ate another human. Uh, At least this time they were upset about it, I guess. Most of the time they seem to be pretty cool with eating people. Yeah, Wardwall seemed very
1: upset that she had to eat her recent (laughs) ex-boyfriend, ex fiance (laughs) Yeah, I guess so.
2: Do you think he was not cooked well, or what was the
1: deal? Yeah, that's definitely the issue. She, the, the thing is, she sent the dish back twice, and the devil was like, "I'm doing my best here. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. I, this, this is not a, a kitchen chef... I usually cook in. And I'll tell you what, this human meat, it's tricky. You gotta pull it out yeah. just at the
2: right time. Let it rest. I, you eat it how the chef prepares it. All right, this is it says it very clearly on the menu. No, nah, no substitution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted,
1: could I get like just sort of a roasted potatoes with this instead? I just want to like need something crispy with this human.
2: <laughs> uh, I felt pretty bad for Adam, actually. I mean, I love Alexis Denisov, the actor, and I was bummed to see him go. I hope they figure out some way to bring him back over the course of the series. That certainly seems to be a possibility. Yeah. But to just see his severed head inside of a dish. Huge bummer. Uh
1: But I will say, I love where this puts Wardwell. She realizes it was her raven, her familiar, that snitched on her, and she just, like, screams
2: that shit into fire right in front of her, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. That was very cool. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah. I, that's a lot of back and forth with the bird, though, right? Yep. You know, yep. like, the bird died, bird came back to life, bird died again. You know, choose a mode. That's exactly. all I'm saying. Well,
1: I would also say don't trust birds.
2: Oh, I never trust no, birds. They, they're, first
1: off, snitches. Second off, they're always trying to get the worm before you can get it. And it's like... Yeah. As, as we've established on this podcast, witches don't snitch, but birds yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> birds be snitching. I think that's the t-shirt we're making next. Uh, so uh, she declares that she's going to get revenge on the devil.
2: Now, do you think she's going to go back to her old Madam Goldberg mode, or what's going on there? I, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I doubt that, but, uh, wow, Madam Goldberg, I haven't heard the ref in a while. Uh, yeah. I've, Bringing it all back this is Yeah, episode. it's all back. Um, I'm curious where this puts her, because it's, I mean, to me, it's setting up whatever's going to happen at the end, because Sabrina has to play in here, but Sabrina has sort of been fine with the Dark Lord lately, so I don't know. Is Wardwell going to try yeah. to get Sabrina in on, like, let's go kill the Dark Lord now?
2: Uh, that's certainly my impression based off of this, though the place that Sabrina ends in at the end of the episode certainly indicates that potentially they could be adversaries going forward as well. Yeah,
1: which I'd be, I'm would be there for that.
2: You know? I'm done with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it is interesting. It's curious to think about, like, from reading the comic – we know that Madam Satan is the main adversary. Like she is the big bad. It's not necessarily the dark Lord, at least in the eight issues of the comic that were released. Maybe it twists and changes in the rest of the story, but that's not how it's being played on the show. And I think given how good Michelle Gomez is and how, possibly she is playing the character across the board that's great like i'd love to see her play more layers play more nuance it's so much fun to see her come in and be like well let's not all be catty bitches that's great that sort of stuff is so much fun but it's good to see her playing these deeper emotional notes as well yeah
1: i agree so yeah i'm i hope it's not uh it feels like she's not the big bad to me based on
2: I, i think so Yes, I think the Dark Lord is probably the big bad, is what I would yeah, say. Yeah,
1: or maybe the uh, the Christian Lord, seems like, a little bit in this uh, episode. Who? maybe it's the GOP. Wow, cool. Uh, so, j- jumping back into it, uh, Sabrina's at Baxter High, Roz is hiding in the library, and Sabrina classically barrels through. It's like, I'll fix this, and everyone's like, no, we like it this way. You haven't been here. You don't understand us. Um, They blame Sabrina for the blindness, which I thought was, like, pretty intense.
2: Yeah. Well, I think that's fair, right? Uh, Witches cursed Roz's family. They know that she is a witch. It's not exactly her fault, but certainly they have no reason to trust her at this point. Yeah. It's like that friend coming back and be like, hey, guys, everything's the same, right? I haven't been around for uh, two years at this point. Let's just all hang out. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but like you, when you get together with an old group of friends you haven't seen in a really long time, everybody falls back to those moods and treats you exactly how you were back in that day Even if you've changed Even if you've grown And I think that's what Sabrina is doing Roz, Theo, and Harvey They have been through some shit at this point yeah. And Sabrina is not recognizing that
1: Yeah um, Yeah, totally Like when That's why we have to keep always hanging out So it's never weird when we don't see each other Right, that's why we try to podcast every day Exactly Because I don't want to come back and be like Alex, you've changed, I'm the same
2: I'm still a bad yeah. boy Oh man, Pete isn't in this episode Do you think he's going to be different next episode? Definitely, he's going through a lot of changes Oh man, yeah he Actually, he just started to get some hair in his armpits
1: yeah, I know, and I can't wait to watch that unfold <laughs> um, <laughs> So moving forward to the episode uh, uh, Hilda is uh, headed up to um, the school to try to talk to Ambro. She brings a tasty chicken um and uh, gives it to Prudence and Prudence is suspicious but she loves chicken.
2: Yeah, this is I think probably one of the most relatable parts of the episodes is the weird sisters eat an entire chicken in one sitting. Yeah, right down and those bones were dry and clean as oh my uh, the, god the freshly put plates so out of the dishwasher. So I I can't do that. I'm not good at that cleaning. My wife. Yeah, my wife is amazing at that. It's, you ever see her eat a chicken? She just like, yeah. like that, like down to the bones. And I, I don't know how people I do it. I saw that. her eat an uncooked chicken once. I don't know what. She's just a, yeah. she's a beast. It was crazy. She picked it up, put it whole in her mouth, just like unhooked her jaw, put it in, held it there for a second. You could see here, like a, yeah. And then she pulled it out, and it was just a a line of bones, like a necklace made out of. Yeah,
1: it was crazy. Um, Yeah, when you were eating wings, and that's what I knew. That's what I knew. I'm going to marry this. Exactly. She. I'm going to marry this snake goddess. (laughs) Uh, You, when you eat a wing, you don't clean fully clean the bones. I just can't. I don't know.
2: I'm just not good at it. I can't. I'm not good at it. Why you eating wings? You you. can't eat all the meat. That's (laughs) why I really only eat the drummies. (laughs) Don't call them that.
1: But Don't say drummies. drummies. It's too Especially when you're like, I can't, just can't eat wings. I'd love drummies.
0: <laughs> I'm a baby.
2: Do you prefer uh, drums or flats? Definitely, I like a drumstick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just listen, the flats are like, it's
1: just too annoying. I don't know. Uh, it's too much work. Shout out to uh, one of my best friends and uh, fellow podcaster, John Gabris. Um He likes the flats, and he can clean a wing in one bite. What? Just puts it in, he puts a flat in his mouth, and I don't know what he does. He's like your wife with the, unhooking his jaw, perhaps. He, it's just fully clean when he pulls it out.
2: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, can he, like, tie it into a knot with his tongue? <laughs> he, <laughs> he turns the bones
2: into a little skeleton key. And he hands them Ooh, out. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, just to get back to the show. Yeah. So she gives them the whole chicken. And then uh, I I really liked how the sequence played out. Yeah. We see Anne Hilton talking to Ambrose in Father Blackwood's office. Uh, Ambrose is very chipper, talking about how great it is being imprisoned. Everything is awesome. Uh, and he, of course, killed the Pope, So he's happy to die. Um, and on the other end of the spectrum, Aunt Hilda visits Ambrose in the witch cells, and Aunt Hilda is telling Ambrose, just confess, confess, confess. And I got to tell you, the first time this played through, I was like, wait, did I miss something? What's going on? Yeah. And I reversed it to the first part of the scene and then realized it, it, it took me, like, slightly too long to actually catch on to yeah. what was happening there. Yeah, that's too long, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt
1: pretty good. <laughs> I love the faulty towers question that um, Ambrose asked the fake,
2: asked what well, we later find out is Dorcas. Uh, I looked that up because I thought, did Lucy Davis throw some shade at faulty towers or something like that? Yeah, it was a very but specific graph. Yes, she must have said that on set. That feels like the sort of thing where Lucy Davis was like, oh, I don't like faulty towers at all. And everybody's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But it's great. Um, yeah that was a great sequence,
1: and uh prudence getting creative with their torture um, was uh
2: was fun um yeah let 's jump over to Nick Nick's at the bar oh we we forgot to mention something actually this is kind of important and it 's a very important detail on the show uh so back when Ambrose is first in the cell, uh Dorcas brings him some gruel. Oh. And he's doing uh, pull ups, and he says, "Listen, if we're going to die, I want to bring, leave a beautiful corpse." And almost hooks up with Dorcas there, yeah, which is interesting. And then later on, uh, Dorcas is the one pretending to be Anne Hilda. She reveals herself and says, "You're going to die in the cell." Um, so, you, so I don't know. I think. Are you shipping Dork Rose? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm shipping Dork. Dork Rose Rising.
1: Uh, Dork Rose. Yeah. I um, great. I'm glad we spent this time really getting into Dorcas.
2: Uh, me too uh, Guys, if you're listening at home and want to have the Dorcas uh, <laughs> solo episode of our show We edit out all the references to Dorcas and put them into their own episode It's in a separate podcast feed I don't want to tell you where to find it, but it's yeah. it's out there somewhere. It's a great list and it's like uh,
1: 75 seconds long um, You're going to really like it <laughs> Uh, anyway, back uh, to the real main character of Sabrina Nick Scratch, he's at the bar He's drowning his sorrows Now it's a little surprising Because he's he's not being his usual bad boy self Where he's like nice um, Kissing Sabrina on the lips <laughs> um, like Just like being a, Asking her for consent exactly, constantly Being just a, a good boy He's doing stuff like drinking and yelling Which I guess makes him I don't know, somewhat of a
2: bad boy Like bad at being a boy Yeah, exactly yeah. Uh yeah, so he he's getting drunk. He's pretty bummed out about being kicked out of witch school. Uh this also we were very wrong with our predictions. We thought he was gonna end up at Baxter High. We were gonna have a little uh, crocodile dundee two action going on here. <laughs> as it's uh, known. But <laughs> as everyone calls it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and But that's not what happened at all. Instead, he just hangs out in Dorian's. I think mostly, though, that's to set up what happens with the innocents, with the witch hunters uh, later in the episode. So he's there to interact with Dorian, which totally fine with that. Uh, but we should probably get over to that. Yeah. Uh, what happens is uh, the witch hunter that we saw at the beginning of the episode shows up at Sabrina's door. And she immediately is like, yeah, come in, have a glass of water. Here's everything that's going on with me. Here's my thoughts on religion. Uh, Here's what's happening with my life. And here's my problems, as you always do with missionaries. I mean, I love welcoming them in
1: and chilling, getting into the best thing to talk about with someone who's trying to sell you a religion at the door
2: is religion. So it's definitely a fun, chill time. Yeah, that's that is classic Sabrina at this point, though, is it's. Crazy to me that at this point, with everything she's been through, she still implicitly trusts everybody yeah. and doesn't necessarily think through any situation. Truth. Uh, It's great.
1: It's great. So uh, now when we last the Roz Harvey uh, group was pissed at Sabrina, but Roz has a vision about Sabrina being murdered by the witch hunter immediately calls her and Sabrina escapes him. But this is all feeding into this like sort of one
2: ongoing action sequence that we just dive right into out of this where. uh, Yeah, I, I will mention on the witch hunters part. Uh, this is for all you folks who are trying to murder somebody in their house. Don't pull out the knife early. Yeah. That, Wait until they're next to you, was, then pull out the knife. That was Bad a
1: move. great advice. And for any more murder tips, please don't sue us for saying them, but definitely check them out <laughs> on Alex's Tumblr, is it?
2: Uh, yeah, my Tumblr is like 90% murder tips. Uh, that's great. So hold the knife as long as you can. Yeah. Uh, murder dash tips. Yeah. <laughs> Dash uh, just dash the dash tip dot tumbler Oh, that's good um, yeah. so it's, fun. Uh, it's it's like I like to have fun yeah it. it is fun yeah it's fun that's a
1: uh, yeah. again very topical so the um the fight is sort of uh, blowing out all across Greendale we got the the blonde uh, innocent woman. Um, who goes right to uh, Cerebrus' and uh, Hilda's like, oh no, what do we do? She just starts making out with Geta, unleashes the Incubus,
2: and um, he doesn't kill her, but he scares her a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I, I wanted to see that. I was not necessarily bummed out. I feel like we're saving it for another point to see what the Incubus can really do. Um, and I loved how that scene was staged, but I was like, oh man, I want to see what he looks like. I want to see... I want to see him actually unleashed. But as we mentioned earlier, it's so great to see Hilda not hesitating, just stepping up, pushing forward to save the people that she loves. Uh, And Sabrina comes in, Uh, She finds out, oh, we should jump back actually to Dorian's before we get there. So meanwhile at Dorian's, uh, Dorian is chatting with Nick Scratch, being like, yo, you're drinking a whole lot for a (laughs) 16-year-old or however old you are. Uh, And then he gets shot with an arrow and dies, uh, at least temporarily. Nick Scratch can't teleport away because he's so drunk. Uh, There's some great dialogue from the third witch hunter is like, oh, you're too drunk? That makes my job so much easier. I loved how that was delivered, uh, but turns out Dorian's not dead. No. He, the painting keeps him alive. great. He uh, is about to kill the witch hunter when Nick stops him and says, no, we need to question him. I think the presumption at this point is they question him and then they kill him, right? Yes, I believe so. And I think they even say that
1: later. Um, yeah. Definitely off off, pan, off camera death.
2: Yeah. Uh, And Sabrina ends up at Dr. Cerebus's, then Nick Scratch runs in and explains that they're trying to pick off all the outliers. I I loved... It was such a little detail, but I love that reminder that the that the Spellmans are always on the outside yeah. of everything. Like literally they're on the outside, but figuratively they're on the outside as well. Um, and I think that's nice. Like it was a little bit of dialogue, but it kind of resets up the emotional stakes of everything in the middle of the episode. Uh, it was well done. Yeah.
1: Agreed. Uh, so meanwhile, yeah. Ambrose uh, gets spits out a skeleton key and he escapes. Uh, but as he's running out the door, the uh, the missionaries are at the door um, the weird sisters they come in. Ambrose is running scared. The um, the witch hunters feel it feels like the weird sisters are going to just totally put him down in a second. But then they start praying. The witch hunters uh, a beam of light shines in and they become way more powerful. They're revealed to be angels.
2: Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. This is wild. That's a crazy reveal. Yeah. I. We've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I love how these details kind of just get dropped in. Every single episode, of the season so far, has added new details to the witch world. And it totally makes sense if you have the Dark Lord walking around on Earth that there be angels as well. But it's not necessarily something that I've thought about before. Yeah, I was
1: really surprised by this and it was great. Uh, I love that they had some power to uh, to fight back against the Weird Sisters. Um, yeah So um, Harvey shows up out of nowhere and is like I'll help, I'm a good boy with a gun uh, yep. And Nick Scratch is like Here we go again with this guy Hey witch hunter, you can't come And um, it comes out that the all, all the witches are being held by the witch hunters At a consecrated church So no witch can enter Harvey's like, I don't care what I'm doing I'll enter And Sabrina's <laughs> like I'm, I was baptized so I can go in too Uh, which really put the love triangle on a sharp, uh, sharp relief.
2: Yeah. The other thing that we should mention that uh, they discover in the episode is that the uh, Statue of Baphomet got smashed. Yeah in the middle of the school. Now, I'm definitely going to get this wrong, and I've actually been flamed on Twitter by a satanic church about this before, but I believe it was the Church of Satan actually sued the production, sued Netflix and Warner Brothers, because they said they had copied a copyrighted statue of Baphomet that they created. The circumstances of that were, they were trying to protest uh, putting a giant stone, Ten Commandments in front of a school, and they said, well, if you can do that, we can put up a big uh, statue of Satan. Yeah. It, it was a big statement that they put out there. Um, they were very similar, but I thought it was kind of – I don't think the timing works out. It seems like it was probably something that was already in progress. But the production of Chilling Adventures of and the Church of Satan uh, settled outside of court. The papers were sealed. There were no details revealed. So there was certainly at least a thought that went through my head of, oh, part of the settlement was smash the statue. Yeah. Um, though, again, they settled on, I think it was November 21st of last year and the production was filming until December 21st. So typing wise it probably doesn't work out. Time-wise, it probably was happening anyway. Maybe even they told them, but they're like, it's going to be smashed in like three episodes. You guys chill out. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know the little legal update. Uh, but yeah, I like that they worked that out cause that statue is cool. Maybe they'll have a shiny yeah. new one by the end of the season. Ooh, hope so. Um, So back into the action The witches are Going to be cleansed By the angels They're killing them In in pretty fucked up ways Uh, This was Torturous But uh, really well done I thought Then Sabrina walks in She says I kneel to no one Takes a couple arrows Totally goes down Um, Seems like bad news For Sabrina
2: And then Yeah Oh also they put A crown of thorns on her Which is pretty important For all the Jesus metaphor That's going on there It happens pretty instantly Yeah Yeah then all of a sudden,
1: um, they turn around and Sabrina's floating in the air. She's got flame hands. Um, I'm the Dark Lord's charge.
2: Is that what she said? Uh, sword. Sword. I think, right? There you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and she proceeds to roast the angels. This whole se- uh, scene was done so well. Uh, also, we should probably mention another breakout character of the season. Melvin gets killed when he stands up to the angels. Very sad for Melvin fans for a moment there. Uh, also, random other speaking part, which gets killed. Uh, but then Sabrina roasts the angels and brings them back to life. Yeah. Uh, I I know we're, you know, whatever about Dorcas, but I loved the reactions from Dorcas, Agatha, and Prudence when this is going on. Yeah. They're all so conflicted yeah. because they hate Sabrina so much, but she's floating in the air, showing off this power. The way those actresses play that scene of what is happening right now, what does this mean for our future? What does this mean for our church and us? All of that is coming through with absolutely no words. And I thought it was excellently directed and excellently acted.
1: I agree. Uh, they looked at Sabrina with awe, which I thought was cool. Like, even through their sort of like, oh man, we thought we were so good and we're not. Sabrina is truly so powerful. Like, just to do that with, with reactions, I thought was really great.
2: It's great. And then Harvey, of course, comes in. Yeah, where, where was
1: turns... like They were like, we're going to storm this church together. And then Harvey's like, oh, I got
2: a quick drop in. I got to return yeah, this. I, uh... <laughs> I got to park the car. Yeah. There's never any parking at this time. I'll, I'll just circle the block. You go in. I'll find a parking spot, and then I'll meet you in there, OK? Yeah. I'm going to just send my food back. I felt like it was a little dry when I ordered. And then I'll be right, <laughs> and I swear. Oh, no substitutions, no substitutions. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, he comes in late, but uh, then has this moment where he's like, okay, I, I love, I do love the idea that Harvey Costley is like, reaching this very confused new level of understanding with what's going on in the show. Yeah. And then there's a new wrinkle like, oh great, Sabrina's floating in the air with white eyes, a crowd of thorns and three hours in her. There's uh two bird witches on the floor and everybody else is tied to uh pyres and about to be burned. Yeah. I get what's going on here. Yeah, he's like, Oh, I'm gonna draw this for my comic book career <laughs> Man. Uh so yeah, that's where we end the episode. That's a big cliffhanger. Um Any other details you want to bring up about this hour? I just want to say um, I thought for the first
1: half of this episode, I felt like I was like, oh, this is the episode sort of where everything is bad. The all is lost episode before we ramp up for the finale. And it really threw me for a loop in the best possible way, the way this episode came together. The back half I thought was so well done.
2: Yeah, this is... One of the actually scarier episodes of the show, I think, particularly because you're so into the characters at this point, there was the uh, Scarecrow in first or second episode of the series, which I thought was legitimately terrifying. Uh, And there's been a couple of moments here and there, but this one was all character-based horror because you have even somebody like Melvin, like you've gotten to know him, and it's very weird in the real world to be watching a show and thinking, yeah, stand up for Satan. You guys hate these angels, the angels being the bad guys. It feels very conflicted as a human being watching this, but in terms of the show, they've done such a good job of building them up that you do actually legitimately feel scared for everybody on the show. And I think that's great. Uh, yeah, we'll see where it goes next. All right. For this episode, which, which reigns Supreme, uh, Justin? I mean, you gotta choose. It's
1: really hard because I want to choose Nick Scratch in this episode, but he mm-hmm. did very little and was mostly frustrated by the end of it. So, I mean, Sabrina, this is definitely a Sabrina episode when she's hovering over the city, the scene, flame hands of flame, like she really came into her own there.
2: Yeah, I also am in a very similar place because I really do want to give it to Dorcas this episode. But I I think I'll go for Sabrina as well. Even though she does barrel through everything, including running to a church and getting shot with arrows three times and having clearly no plan to deal with that, uh, that last moment is amazing. It's fantastic. And Kiernan Shipka also... Uh We talked about this quite a bit here in the second part, but she is finding so many different nuanced layers to play with Sabrina and nailing all of them. Yeah, agreed. Excellent. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York at 8 p.m. Come on by. We'll chat with you about Sabrina or shoot you with arrows or whatever you want to do. Yeah, it's all flame good. hands. Ju- Yeah, Justin, what do you want to plug? Uh, Follow us on Twitter at ComicBookLive and at at RiverdaleDark. Check us out at ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Uh, And we'll see you at our Upside Down Church wedding. Ah, it's
1: going to be fun.